My name is Sanaa Prakash, and this is The Discourse, a series of episodes where I dive into and tackle the most relevant topics within the school system and the county. In this episode, we're talking about an initiative by the LCPS Social Sciences Department to make history class curriculums more inclusive and culturally responsive. With me today is Ms. Andrea Mendoza, a specialist with the Social Science and Global Studies Department of LCPS. This is actually a part two to our conversation, which we started in my last episode, which you can find on dhspress.com. So make sure to check that out before you listen to this one. So I want to know a little bit more about the sources where you're getting new information. You said we're going to families and we're also looking at different types of textbooks. Where else are you going to pull kind of information resources from? Is it going to be just already written material or is there going to be an introduction of new material being written? Um, what's, what's going to happen? I think sometimes it's about maybe being more intentional about the resources that we do have. For example, we have access now at the higher grade to use New Zella. And I think they have some great resources that are current. So even even with the textbooks we have, being more intentional about how does the way the story is told in class or the questions we ask about it reflect multiple perspectives. So when we do want to find material that is outside maybe our textbook or we're looking for new ideas, we look for associations that are um, you know, like respected nationwide associations. So like the National Council of the Social Sciences, they have good resources. Their Stanford University has a lot of good resources. We look towards the National Archives or the Smithsonian Museum. We look towards, um, again, the, the state has provided resources through their collaboration. There was a big effort in the last couple of years for groups of teachers to create materials, and they partnered with a variety of museums, including the Virginia Museum of History and Culture, which has lots of resources. The Library of Virginia has great primary sources to use, and even um, the Bulch Library, which we have resources from the Bulch Library on our um, website, and they have um, talked about African-American history in Loudoun County. You can find primary sources there to uncover the hidden history. Um, so those are some of the resources that we might go to. So one of the questions I was looking at on the curriculum was, or one of the new ideas being incorporated is having students determine if the civil rights movement in the 1950s was effective based on our society today, which was really interesting to me to kind of look at history in the opposite direction of this timeline and looking at our society today, what events and things are you going to pull from modern history and how is that going to be taught in the curriculum or pulled into those discussions? Yeah, I think um, for that example, students probably would examine what change were people advocating for and are people still advocating for that change today? And so when we look at the civil rights movement, we might look at like voting rights. And what are the controversies today around voting rights and access to the ballot? And another thing, as you said, there's going to be a new African-American history elective being introduced. What is that going to be about? What will that curriculum look like? When will we see that? So there's actually um, a pilot course that's being taught in Loudoun County. So um, I think they selected 20 teachers from across the state, and we had some teachers selected. There's one teacher currently teaching it at Freedom High School. And so it is um, through Virtual Virginia, so a lot of their work is done online, but I believe they might do some in-person discussions as well. So that is African-American history from um, looking at celebrating African culture and all the way up to today. 
So it is uh, designed as a year-long course. The pilot course, the teachers who are teaching it across the state are doing it together. They're learning from professors. They're learning from each other. And so I think they've done a really good job of bringing in the experts, helping them explore new resources. So there'll be a recommendation and material ready, I think, in the spring for any teacher who, not any teacher, but um, it'll be available broadly to any student who's interested um, at the schools who choose to, to teach it. So that's going to be really interesting, I think, to see. Do you expect that some teachers from every school are going to take the initiative and want to teach these classes? And if not, what do you think about that? Um, I have had our, I know our teachers have been asking for a class like this. Many teachers wanted to, um, in the past several years, have asked if they could start teaching one. And while we would have loved that that happened right away, there needs to be a lot of learning done and a lot of preparation to make sure that it's taught in, um, in the right way. So I think there will be interest at most of the schools, at all the schools. And we want to make sure that the teachers who teach it are comfortable with their level of knowledge and with their ability to communicate and support students in that. So going back a little bit to what we were talking about, current events and, you know, students being already part of the modern world and being active in social media and playing a part as we're, I'm a senior now, most of my friends are going to be turning 18 this year. We're starting to get more politically involved. Is there going to be opportunity for student engagement in, or students being taught how to engage with social media or the, the real world? What is that going to be like? Yeah, that's a good question. Young people are um, many times more savvy than their teachers in the use of social media um, in navigating and media literacy just in general, whether it's social media, digital or print, is definitely an important part of teaching about social science. So I think that as our teachers have been sort of forced to become more familiar with the digital world through virtual learning, that might be something that they're more interested in. But I think that's a great suggestion on thinking about your social media presence, how to navigate it. I know there's been a lot of talk about how to prepare students for that and digital citizenship. So I believe that's part of, it is part of the computer science standards, which were um, recently put into place. So that might be something that will come in time with a broader use of those standards. Right. Yeah. It's a crazy world now where high schoolers and students, young people are the driving force of these movements. That is how information is being shared. And I agree that it can be a little bit difficult to navigate, especially when there is so much information out there. If we're not taught how to engage with it and what to really take as accurate information, then it can be really hindering to our, you know, our perceptions and our opinions and our understanding of people. So like every Instagram story there someone has posted about Black Lives Matter or like voting issues and you know sometimes it can be a little overwhelming so that's really interesting to see that we're going to actually start learning maybe in the future in the near future how to really engage with that and how to be more you know knowing where those boundaries are and how to properly engage while also maintaining our respect for other people. So we've talked a lot about how this is really going to help students become better citizens and more understanding and be a little bit more thoughtful and thorough in their discussions. For me, as when I was in the classroom and, and as a social science educator in my position, the most important thing is to help students become 
critical citizens. So critical thinking and communicating, but also in collaborating. So in working with others and um, learning how to work with others, learning how to manage your time and, and also taking time to hear the perspective. So when you get into the real world, you're always collaborating with people. It's not often that you have one task and that's it and only you are responsible for that and you're going to get some grade on it. So I'm constantly working with people from different departments on different teams to put a product together. So also part of that is, you know, what are you creating? And so, you know, part of school is, is learning how to do that, learning how to get good feedback and revising your work and, and putting it out again. And I think just kind of doing the best you can. But most importantly, it's about being a citizen, contributing, staying informed, um, and knowing how you can um, have an impact on the issues that you care about. That's really great. That's so nice to see that we're really incorporating that so much more now. I think a lot of, at least from my observations as a student, it's a lot of, they're talking at you, absorb the information, you know, take it and then just keep getting the grades and moving on. But, you know, to me, education is so important in my just in my conversations and being able to listen to other people understand and contribute my own opinions and i am very happy that that is becoming a more obviously i love talking i love having these conversations even though sometimes it's hard sometimes you know even i find myself tending to be a little bit more reserved and a little bit more cautious of these topics that I might not necessarily know everything about, which is the point of education, right? The point of having these conversations. So a lot about what you were saying about student inquiry, having that actual feedback, that discussion going both ways is such an important part of education. It's really great to see that being incorporated from you know, elementary school starting out young. So that's all I have to talk about for today. Do you have any closing comments, any wisdom that you would like to impart? <laughs> I don't know if it's wisdom, but something you said reminded me of an experience that I had about a year ago where I went to listen to this group who got together and there was, it is intentionally to get people who are conservative and liberal hear each other's ideas and to ask questions to learn more. And so at the time, that organization was called Better Angels. And I think that um, me a lot in thinking about how do you respect the ideas of everyone and give space to learn from others and give space to develop your own thinking. And so I thought that was a, a really good model. And we had some teachers who were looking into practicing some of those strategies with their students. So I'm happy to hear that you have this opportunity in your class to explore what you're interested in. And so I think that's my hope for all students that they have a passion or they have um, something they want to learn more about, that they're given that opportunity for that in a safe space. Well, thank you so much, Ms. Mendoza, for talking with me today. Thank you so much, Sanal, and thank you for your enthusiasm and interest in the social sciences. Don't forget to check out DHSPress.com for the first part of this conversation and for all the news Titans need to know. My name is Snal Prakash, and this has been The Discourse. Thanks for listening.